Hi, I'm Brenna. And I'm Raquel. And, and this, this is Religion Made Me Do It. And so today, um, we're going to be talking about kind of like a hot topic, I think, for right now, mm -hmm. um, given all the Black Lives Matter and police brutality realization for a lot of white people Yep. recently. Um, and so... We thought that since, you know, part of our platform is talking about religion, that we would also take the time to talk about race and religion and how that kind of, where that originated and how that continues to shape the everyday lives of black people and other people of color. Mm -hmm. And how religion plays a huge role in all of that shit. And yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good time. So today, um, to talk about this, we have our friend... Jordan. Say hi, Jordan. Hi. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've been friends with Jordan for how, how long has it been? Well, probably met like freshman year at some point. Yeah. yeah. So five years. Yeah. 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 We've, we've, been, we've known each other. Yeah. We're in the know. We're in the know, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. More recently, a little bit closer as we were trying to navigate adult friendships and oh, all that. Oh, yeah. That's stuff, definitely but... a thing. <laughs> like post-college <laughs> when it's like, I want to hang out. Do you want to hang out? But I also don't want to be like weird yeah. and like talk to you about hanging out because I feel like adults shouldn't talk about hanging out, but it's fine. You know, whatever. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's not quite as natural <laughs> as seeing each other literally every day. You have to like class. make more of an effort. See, for <laughs> and that's me, the hard part. it's kind of like I've got one of those like traditional ball and chains like on my ankle and it's just like me and my house. What? It's like, <laughs> okay, you know, like the old caricatures that they have of like people in prison that wear like the black and white stripes that mm -hmm. have like the ball the chain with the ball on the end mm -hmm. to like yeah. tether them down yeah to keep people from running yeah that's me in my house okay mm. i really like being home i feel like that's kind of like all of us in quarantine right now i mean that's me anyway yeah yeah <laughs> just in general yeah me and my anime and <laughs> heck yeah how about you jordan how about me what my know. anime yeah, sure. Ooh, I love a good anime. Yeah. Anime's a good time. It really is. What was that hand movie you were talking about? Oh my gosh, y'all. <laughs> so, I don't know if I told you about this, Brenna, but um, it's called I Lost My Body. Yes, that was a Oscar nominee. Yes. It's, it a, is, it's, a, French, it's a French animated film, right? French independent, I think. Yeah. I think it's an independent film. I think it maybe won some awards at Cannes. Uh, like the Cannes Film Festival. I'm sure. Um, have you seen it? I haven't seen it, but it's it's been on my list for like a hot minute. Oh my gosh. I know that it's basically about a disembodied hand that has to go looking for its owner. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful. It, it kind of like, comes across like so zombie-esque. Nice. Like, yeah. um, you know, like that traditional scene where like the hand totally. starts like... Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> so I was actually, I was reading some reviews on it and I'm just going to steal this review and use it to describe my experience of the movie. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but uh, it talks about how hands are kind of like this weird macabre kind of funny thing. Like hands crawling around on their own are like, it's just funny. Like yeah, there's like hundred um, percent, like they're in the yeah. Adams family. Is it thing or it's, is it's, it? I think it's the thing. The thing. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Or no, no, no. Is that the guy that's got like the beard? Like the hair. Man, I wish I could tell you. I can't remember, but like that's like a big trope in the Adams family that they have the hand sure. that crawls around. And it's like, I think it's kind of like their butler almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like comic relief almost. Mm -hmm. yeah. But in this movie, 
the hand has more character than almost any like any film characters I've seen this year. Like the hand itself is the like hero of the story that you're rooting for. And it's so weird, but so good. It is such an amazing movie. Yeah, Yeah. that's been on my list for a while. Yeah, I need to watch that. But instead, Brendan made me watch Airplane. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry, but... Me and comedy just... Mm -hmm. I don't... I I just can't do it. And I think it's because I'm just not that funny. Fair enough. Like, Brendan doesn't think I think you're funny. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, I think that I'm fucking hilarious. (laughs) But also, like... Brendan, my lovely boyfriend, does not think I'm funny in the slightest. Like, oh my god, that's like, tragic. Like he just straight up told me like when we were dating, we're like, yeah, you're just not funny. Oh, like, no. I was kind of hurt because you know, like when I say things, people laugh. But now I'm like looking behind my shoulder, like, are they laughing because it's just me, or is it like? Tell him to suck your dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've I've come to terms with it. Like, There's nothing yeah. to come to terms with, though. Like, Oh, no. I genuinely think that I'm not really funny. I'm just, like, I don't know. I'm, I think you're funny. Um, I'm kind of a pessimist mm. at heart. Yeah. Like, I'm just super negative. Mm. Not, not, like, around other people, but when it comes mm. to, like, myself, I'm just, like, yeah, yeah. miss... I'm, like, that person that's got, like, the rain cloud that's always, like, following totally. them. That's yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I can't do comedy and I just don't, I think that like, I didn't think that The Office was funny. Hot take. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, no. I think it was funny for like what, like at for the time. And then we, we kind of evolved past it. Like, I think it was a start. Like it, it really was like the first show of its kind. Mm. Well, there's The British Office. Okay. That came before that. Well, yeah. <laughs> that and there's it was also based like, <laughs> well, that's what it's based off of. So, I mean, it's no. kind of and lumped there's in. there's also like Seinfeld and Arrested Development. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, was Arrested yeah. Development before? I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know shit about TV. I watch a, I watch <laughs> a lot of TV. Yeah. It's like my biggest hobby. Um, Heck yeah. That and movies. Um, but yeah, so me and comedy, like, I try. I've given it a chance. Yeah. I just can't do it. That's fair. Like, I just can't. I don't like to laugh. <laughs> mm. I just don't. Like, I think inside, like, when I, <laughs> me and Brendan were watching Airplane, mm. and he's like, this is, like, one of the most funny movies, like, ever made. Yeah. And I'm, like, watching it, and I'm like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I think I fell asleep halfway through just because I was unimpressed. Interesting. Like, but you fall asleep in movies. I mean, I do too. So I'm I, not one to talk shit. I fall shit, asleep but... in movies if there's not enough interest. Yeah. yeah. Do we feel like we're getting a little bit off topic? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Sick. Do you want to introduce yourself a bit? Sure. Yeah, okay. I figure that we should do that. Tell us your story. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, since we are talking about race, uh, I do want to say that I am a mixed man. I'm a person of color. Um, My story is an interesting one of um, sort of growing up in a very conservative, uh, very white family. Uh, My mom is white. My dad is black. So uh, my dad is also 
much more liberal and my mom is much more conservative. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was younger and my mom got remarried to a extremely conservative man. I'm talking like mm. MAGA, like <laughs> straight up, like Trump supporter kind of, kind of world. And right. then my dad got remarried to a white woman who was much more on the liberal side. Um, so I've kind of spent my life growing up in these two just completely different worlds of, of people, especially when it comes to race, like these two sort of dichotomies. And I've always seen my life as like probably one of the purest forms of like black and white, like straight up. I've seen mm. so many different sides of um, of this coin. So like with that being said, I am a light skinned black man. Um, as we sort of have this conversation about race and, and people of color and police brutality, like I think it's important to note that I do have a lot of privilege in this conversation. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of things that I don't understand as, uh, as a mixed man, but also um, uh, being a light-skinned black man, um, which also gives me a lot of really unique insight into just a lot of different communities. That's that's super vague. Mm. <laughs> but do you feel like you like bridge the gap sometimes? Sometimes I feel like, I, for better or for worse, I yeah. try to. Yeah. Um, I try to be a voice, and and I think that's a way that I can. It it sounds awful, but this is also the world that we live in, where I can sort of use, um, that privilege as a as an entryway into having conversations um, about race and mm -hmm. people sort of taking me at my word a little bit more than they would otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, and do you think that's because, like, I hate to, like, I don't know, like, because you're partly white? Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's exactly it. And so... Um, that was harsh. I'm, I feel... No, 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 it's okay. I mean, it's okay. I think it's... Right now is a weird time, especially with conversations like these, because mm. um, there's some element to which, and I'm sure y'all feel it and y'all are, you know, progressive uh, individuals. Um, but I think we're all walking on eggshells a little bit yeah. because we want to make sure that we're learning the right things and saying the right things. And it's the same way for me. Um, but yeah, because because I have sort of a lighter skin tone, there's a lot of issues not only around racism, but also uh, in uh, communities of color, colorism. So if I have lighter skin, um, often I will receive more um, sort of undue privileges than um, people who are also black but might have darker skin than I do. Um, that is a beast of a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but we maybe, can have it, man. I mean, I, it's something that I'm still learning about and yeah. I'm still trying to understand. And like, um, because there are people who grew up in different communities than me um, that have had very different experiences. And I've experienced racism in um, a number of different ways, but to be a lighter skinned person of color changes everything. So, um, right. Have you ever heard of the term like passing? Mm -hmm. um, yes. So passing, I've, I have a friend uh, who I met in college. Um, he is mixed. His dad is black. His mom is white. 
probably, you know, like very similar to my family. Um, but he looks white, um, straight up. Like if you, if you asked him, uh, he would tell you he's mixed, but like he knows and he recognizes that he passes as a white person in his um, everyday life, yeah. in his yeah. everyday life. Yes. So for me, you know, there's sort of this weird area where like, I'm not quite as black, um, but I definitely don't pass as white. Like mm -hmm. I am a black man to anybody's right. racial standards. <laughs> uh, kind of going off that, I kind of wanted mm. to mention like, at least for me, and I am white. <laughs> I am very white. We're both very white. <laughs> like the saltine of white. Um, like the eggshell. Um, <laughs> uh, Is it more cream or eggshell? It's definitely eggshell. <laughs> like that bright white processed lack of free range grocery store eggs that are 50 cents. That's me. Um, <laughs> what a description <laughs> uh, that's going in my bio <laughs> oh, man. um but at least for me when i see somebody and like i know that this saying this like gets kind of a bad rap especially now but when i look at people i don't hmm. i don't see color as in like i treat you differently when i see that hmm. you have that you're obviously different from me, mm. as in, like, obviously your race. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody is different, given. Yes. You know? yeah. yeah. But, like, that doesn't mean that I don't see, like, what that represents to the outside world and what mm. that's meant for your history and mm. your family's history and everything sure. of that nature. I'm just saying that, like, when I look at you, that's not what mm. I see when I look at you. I just see a person. Mm -hmm. And then when we become friends and, like, we talk about things like that, like, I'm always thinking about that, but I don't want our relationship to be based mm -hmm. on the color of your skin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, or, like, I guess your past lives, even though mm -hmm. that those are important. For sure. But I don't feel like that's why we're friends mm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But when I look at somebody, and because I don't see that, I don't really, like, associate, like, if you're mixed or not, just mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's, like... To me, if you look like you have, like you're a person of color, it doesn't mm. really matter to me, like how much. Right. right. Yeah. And so, like, if I see that, I'm already assuming that you have been put in that category to either be like dehumanized or whatever because mm. of the history that revolves around your your For skin sure. tone mm. or your race or your demographic, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if you feel that way, Raquel, but like. I'm just saying, like, I don't think a lot of white people, unless, like, you don't, like... You feel I, like you don't think about it a lot? Like... I think I think about it, but, like, I, I think it's not my intention to think about it. Yeah. And yeah. also, mm. like, the fact of... You say that you get treated better, mm. in your opinion, mm -hmm. because you're not... Because you're mixed and you're mm -hmm. not as dark-skinned as other people. Mm -hmm. And... I don't know. Like, I've never thought about it mm -hmm. that way. Mm -hmm. and Not not in the fact that, like, that's not happening to you, but right. in the way, like, right. if you look a certain way or, sure. like, I don't want to assume that mm -hmm. you're not 
facing mm-hmm. difficulty or that <laughs> everything's difficult or that, you know, that you don't have some amount of privilege or whatever. I just, mm-hmm. and I, I think, feel like, I think I get what you're saying. Yeah, because I'm, try, I'm trying to like, <laughs> I don't, I, I'm trying to like figure out a good word to say it, but I'm like, it's, we, so as white people, like we have this privilege to not, we have this privilege to not feel like we have to see that, mm-hmm. I guess. Definitely. So it's it's not typically on our minds. Is that like what you're so saying? It's not I even guess? that it doesn't yeah. have to be on our minds. Like, mm-hmm. to an extent, I feel like if we're supposed to have pure relationships with people, mm-hmm. to an extent, I don't think that we should see those things. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So, so let me let me sort okay. of interject real quick because <laughs> I, I think this is an important conversation. Um, to have. And, and when we talk about race, I think one thing that is like really important and then something that's kind of floated around Facebook and, you know, uh, I mean, it, it's just an interesting statement that I never had thought of before, but like the statement that, um, you know, certain people learn about, um, racism mm-hmm. and then certain people live it out. Yeah. You know, every yeah. single day. And and so so um, in this in these conversations that are happening as a result of um, George Floyd being killed and then also not to mention decades of oppression. Um, yeah. The conversations that are happening are extremely important because uh, it there's this weird thing that's happening where I notice um, my white friends and like white colleagues who are asking questions about race that have just been my reality. And I had no idea nobody else saw that. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, for example, just to like give some context into, uh, especially this issue of like colorism, right? So I'll I'll give sort of an example that, you know, you may or may not have thought of. I think in all of these cases, it's really important to recognize the role that um, unconscious bias plays into the way that we interact with people every single day. Um, So think about like something as simple as Aladdin. Um, Mm -hmm. Genie is blue. Um, Aladdin has lighter skin and Jafar is darker. Um, So that's something to consider. Uh, Ariel is a uh, lighter skinned redhead or or a white (laughs) redhead mermaid. Um, (laughs) Ursula is a dark skinned, you know, uh, yeah. and of course, even Ursula is not black or white, right. But she has some sort of traits of, of, of black culture, yeah. um, darker skin. Jafar has darker skin. It's not an issue of, um, African-American, but even in the case of, you know, somebody who is Middle Eastern being portrayed by largely white individuals, um, darker skin equals worse. Um, or like otherness mm-hmm. like even to otherness. the point of it's like for sure ursula is purple and yes. genie yeah. is blue yeah. Yeah. yeah um or if we look back at you know uh characters in um just some old like tv shows I- i'm trying to think of the one i want to say it's hey arnold but um there were some characters that were obviously characters of color uh but they they made them like purple or green like just weird skin tones because um, their, their blackness wasn't accepted as good. Um, uh, or in the case that they were obviously, uh, white characters, 
um, then their color was then like portrayed, you know, they were a bully or they were. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like a, a way villain. of marking that they're the other. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, totally. And that's, I mean, that's always been a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> historically, white people have like the tendency or just Caucasian people have the tendency of like looking at people that look different and thinking that they're the majority here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When in fact, like people of color are like, the not, majority. We are so not the majority yeah. in no, the world at, right. at large. And just kind of like mm-hmm. literally this God complex of mm, we are the white man. We yeah, are, definitely. We are, we are the better. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you have like microaggressions that like come from that, like with Native Americans and Indians and, you know, like yellow face and black mm-hmm. face and, Things of that nature. I mean, like, during, yeah. like, you know, the world wars, it was the Asians, the mm-hmm. Asian demographic that everybody was, you know, making fun of. And mm-hmm. something that you brought up was Aladdin. And it reminded me of something that my um, social studies teacher pointed out when I was like a freshman or a sophomore in high school. And he was like, think about Aladdin. It came out around like the turn of the century, which was around the time that like we started having um, a bit more like distress, I guess, in America with Middle Eastern culture. If that's the right way to put it, you know what I mean. Um, And the bad guys in Aladdin all have that thick Middle Eastern accent. Yeah, Aladdin accents. does mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Jasmine does not. Yeah, like apart from like his darker skin tone mm-hmm. that's depicted in cartoon Aladdin, like he could definitely be a, a regular Caucasian person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. So there's, I mean, there's, when you get into the rabbit hole of like race and uh, sort of like, ethnocentrism uh that's probably not the right word what is the word i'm looking for that sounds right uh we'll go with it (laughs) it's a long word and it sounds right (laughs) yeah we'll we'll make it a word it's not a word um the rabbit hole goes so deep Mm -hmm. into like the way that microaggressions and um sort of our unconscious biases play out in our every everyday life um right and so so when we think about race too um, it's important to think about the the context of like our childhood and the stories that we were told about people of color. Uh, my role model was Corbin Blue, and that was about it. <laughs> um, and I thought Corbin Blue was so dope. Um, I mean, he is pretty dope. He, he is he's pretty he's dope. So dope. He's still he's doing great, y'all. Yeah, he really, he really is. Like, <laughs> I think thriving. I checked up. On he's him. doing like musicals now, right? Yes, yeah. I think Hell I checked yeah. up on him like a couple years ago, and I was like. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Like high school musical wasn't the end of your career. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. He's not traveling around the world like Zac Efron per se, but like he's just Oh got my a god, good Zac life. Efron in this new <laughs> show. I cannot <laughs> get over it. I haven't seen it yet. It's actually really quite good. It. There's just this meme going around where he's like, hmm, geothermal plants. Sick. <laughs> like that's his only commentary. Sick. On it. Well, he's like, I don't know me. what that means. <laughs> he gets in the car and he's like, como se dice? Let's go. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I definitely understand and see a lot of those tropes. Mm-hmm. Um, and given that I'm so, like, into movies and television, I watch a lot of um, mm. 
synopses mm-hmm. and I guess educational videos talking about like different aspects of film and kind of like what I've been watching lately has been talking about the different tropes in film mm-hmm. and these like span like different topics like mm-hmm. um, being a woman in film um femininity in film like the toxic male lead in film mm-hmm. and then like and then we have like the angry man trope the, yeah. an- the angry black man trope yeah yeah and then there's the um like there's there's even like the um the seductress black woman trope and yeah. like things of that nature that have just been portrayed throughout yeah. cinema and tv for, there are a couple i can think of yeah. especially yeah. in like yeah, and it's like, color, yeah. and it's like when when we watch that on screen, mm-hmm. it's like there's nothing else in our minds that that person of color can be other right. than one of those categories. Totally, mm-hmm. and so that's why I think that it's incredibly important, not only that we see that more and mm-hmm. see like in other, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. because it's so funny to me that. Yes, we have black actors mm-hmm. and people of color that are actors and they get portrayed in these movies that win awards, but it's almost always like movies or themes that either revolve around racism, mm-hmm. slavery. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like there's almost no other topic. And I feel like it's not very validating to the fact that like, Black people and people of color have experiences outside of the experiences of racism and, like, white people learning about racism and stuff like that. Right. And I don't know. I mean. Yeah. I also think that, like, maybe part of that reason is because when we see somebody that has skin color or is a certain race, Mm. we associate them with everything that's happened in their past. Mm. And I'm not mm. saying that that's a bad thing. But mm. also, like... It's not like recognizing them on an individual level. Yeah. It's mm. like, this is this is you. You are part of the trope yeah. at that point. And, mm. and, like, yes, there are tropes for, you know, white people. But it's also, like, I feel like when we look at white people that are portrayed in film or television or just, like, day to day, I feel like we don't look at them and see them like, oh, like, you guys massacred the Indians or, like, mm-hmm. you guys, like, mm. you know, well, killed people. Straight or, up, like, like, not in our history books. So it's not written the same way in the history books. Right. Mm. And we learn about it in such a way that's like, oh, the Europeans came over and they were conquistadors and they were super mm. cool dudes who didn't, like, Let's kill off Christopher 10, Columbus. <laughs> who who didn't kill off, like, 100 million Native Americans yeah. completing right. the biggest genocide in the world's history. Or like, like, yeah, or, like, the massacre of, like, the Aztecs and yeah. the Inca and things of that nature. And, I mean... Like, I don't think that that's just a, like, a, a European, like, white people. Like, I that, that, of course, has been happening, like, yeah everywhere. Mm. Like, yeah. all civilizations war with each other. All civilizations have caused mm. atrocities mm-hmm. onto each other because it's about imperialism and money. Yeah. <laughs> and, sure. yeah, but, like, um, going back to what I was saying, mm. it's just, it's ironic to me that when we look at people of color that are portrayed in, like, real-life roles, it's only the drug dealer, the slave, mm-hmm. the, mm. 
you know, the poor person. Totally. The, yeah, it's always that. Yeah. It's almost like there's no other narrative. Well, there's an interesting, I mean, there's also these things that are, so those are sort of the, the, the tropes that we can easily recognize as negative, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there are also things that feel more positive that are mm. also damaging and dangerous in a, in a lot of ways. So like, yeah. think about, um, and, and in smaller ways, granted, um, but movies like um, The Help, which yeah. is obviously like clearly, you know, clearly one of those tropes, but it's portrayed as like, she's this, you know. Progressive woman. Well, well, that that's the thing yeah. is that that's the main character of yeah. the story. It is not the person of color that is the main character exactly. of the story that is like, this is a person of color. It's 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 this whole concept of white saviorism in film. Uh, right. Think about, uh, what was it, Blindside? The Blindside? Oh, Do you God. remember? Um, <laughs> I and... shoved that movie away in my memory. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, honestly, I loved that movie. Yeah. Um, but it is about a white woman saving a black man. And everybody just um, ate it up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so like, but you know, the story is still in some way beautiful, but it's not told from the right perspective. Yeah. Um, right. And the help, same thing. Like you is smart, you is kind, you is special, great, cool. Uh, but like the person of color should be the focus, yeah. focal point of this story. Um, and right. not the, the, uh, there's also like the wise black man trope, which mm-hmm. is like a wise black man who's a janitor or a coach or yeah, a, like yeah. you know <laughs> Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yeah, well that that's a whole that yeah. whole movie is racist. Right. Yeah, very like but yes, Wait, I've never in seen that, that same way. What movie is that again? I haven't seen the movie, but like, you know, the song, like the Disney song, like, that song of the South, right? Yeah. It's oh, um yeah, very I've heard very about racist. it. <laughs> but, it but it has like that almost like grandpa black grandpa that's yes. like the, it's almost like the opposite of like the mammy yeah mm-hmm. but it's like a black man and he's like always almost always portrayed in mm-hmm. my mind as like wearing like overalls with mm-hmm. like a straw hat and maybe like a piece of like mm-hmm. wheat in his mouth that he's chewing on yeah. and he's like nurturing these white children by telling them all of these like fantastical stories that are just right. like completely overblowing who he is mm-hmm. or that he has like totally. some like other... he's there to serve the white narrative in that regard right mm-hmm. and you know with movies like the blind side and things like that like of course there's there's nothing wrong with like what that woman did mm. yeah like what that woman did is great mm-hmm. it's great that she gave michael Orr is that his name Something? i think so actually yeah um it's great that you know she was able to use her privilege to help him. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of like where we should all be at at this point. Like, Mm -hmm. what can we do to support the cause? Yeah. Um, But kind of like you mentioned, like when we're Mm -hmm. watching that, it's not really about him. Right. Mm -hmm. It's about her. Whose eyes is the story being told and who is it catering to? Right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know. Yeah. Yeah. White people feeling good about doing good things despite the rest of the whole you know racism when it just thing. should be what you're doing anyways yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. here's the participation award mm-hmm. for not being right. a shitty human so another another f- fun little thing i love film um 
the end of movies like that are often, they often feel resolved. Um, mm -hmm. Like everything is okay now because this one white person saved this one black person or this one black community saved, you know, in some ways themselves, yeah. but mostly <laughs> more But it's also like we don't people. see what happens to that person after that. For sure. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's the thing. And so like a movie like Black Klansman. Um, that's a great movie. Yeah, uh, for sure. And at the end of it, it shows scenes of police brutality and the and yeah. uh, white supremacy um, because it's like, hey, this you know we're tying this movie up in a little bit of a bow, but like, this isn't over. Yeah, <laughs> you know? well, like, I this think isn't I think that end. that was of course strategic on Spike Lee on Spike Lee's behalf mm -hmm. too, because I mean like, there's a part in the movie where um, the girlfriend interest mm -hmm. I can't remember what her name is, um, but her. Um, house is going to be bombed mm. by these white supremacists that are trying to shut her down for like, you know, mm. being the, um, I can't, she's like the spokesperson yeah. for, you know, the black community in her town for, for, um, black, the black power movement, mm. the black Panther movement, I think. And, um, and, she gets saved, of course, but it's supposed to be like a parallel to that of like, well, this is like a movie that was made in the 60s and blah, 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 blah. And then like, let's just tie it up and it feels like everything's resolved and like we can go continue living our our happy, like lack of racism free lives. We fixed it. <laughs> yeah. And so exactly. like yeah. that was a very strategic point that he made showing like this is a this is a timepiece movie. Mm -hmm. yeah. But then we're going to end it by being like. Hey, this isn't totally. over. Yeah. And that's like extremely important. Yeah. Same with why I think like watching Moonlight is important mm -hmm. because yes, we see that the man portrayed has like a background dealing drugs, mm -hmm. but like we're also seeing it from his perspective and like mm -hmm. what other choice did he have? Yeah, <laughs> and sure. that's part of the problem because people always want to point their fingers and say like, well, you know, they have a choice and it's like, no, you don't. Mm -hmm. Like, if this is all you've ever had and you're already, like, below the belt of things that are, like, mm. a way to move up in the world, mm. it's like, no, this isn't your choice and this isn't fair. So it's extremely yeah. important that we see that from his perspective and we see, like, the lack of family and support that he has mm. and the lack of education that he was given mm. because of his demographic and because a lot of those people that that are of that demographic don't have the access to the wealth that we white people do. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so then you sit there scratching your head wondering, well, like, mm -hmm. but they have like the same opportunity. No, they don't. Yeah. No, yeah. they don't because it's a whole systematic thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People and just really like to cling to that American narrative of like anybody can make it when in reality, there's a whole system that yeah, you sure. have to go through. Sure. Right. I think there's also an important, important point to make there too of like, a lot of it comes down to framing um you you know you mentioned like people of color obviously don't have access uh to wealth or you know don't have the same wealth that white americans do mm. um flip side of that the wealth was stolen yeah uh, it, it, right you know, because if we look so, at africa right. yeah if, well, we, if we look at the totally. country of africa part of the reason that 
it was pillaged so much was because it was like, you know, one of the wealthiest nations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then we had, you know, different monarchies within Africa that mm. actually enslaved each other mm. yeah. and things of that nature, you know. Um, totally. So yeah. it's not it's not really a unique situation, I think, in like the fact of history, because like I mentioned before, like it's been happening. Like, yeah, it's always going to happen because people are greedy mm-hmm. and people always have these God complexes that are like, well, this person mm-hmm. has something that I want and I'm going to take it and I'm mm-hmm. going to make myself feel better with this wealth. And then I'm going to even sugarcoat it a little more by putting these people in the position of knowing God. <laughs> Speaking of, yeah, yeah, which, while we're yeah, while on the topic of that, we should on this podcast. This was about a film podcast God, for a second. There, it was. <laughs> well, I feel like we needed to talk about all of that. Yes, we do for sure. Yeah, because it's I important. Mean, it's one of the most important parts is the representation and the stories being told definitely. in media and mm-hmm. outside of media and in you know like podcasts and stuff like this mm-hmm. and also biblically. Which is and what we're about thing. to talk about now, is yeah. because that's a whole that's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So the last thing. <laughs> when I was doing my research for this podcast, I dug through some archives. Um, I work at a library. I actually work at a library for an HBCU, which is really cool, and that has honestly taught me so much because high school that I went to. Mm-hmm. Pretty much 100% black, white, not black, 100% white. Hey, same here. Um, <laughs> college that I went to, probably like 95% white. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so going from that to working at an HBCU mm. has been like to go from people of color being the ni- minority to you being the minority. That's like a big change in perspective. And I feel like everybody mm. should experience that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like seriously, put yourself in a position to be the minority for once. You mm. will be amazed at the things that you learn. Yeah. And it's <laughs> I remember like the first time, like I, I had um, done volunteer work there before just to like see some of the things like, um, in the archives that they have, because um, at the HBCU where I work, like, amazing collection of like African American historical documents and items, and so I wanted to like experience some of that. And part of that was because I wanted to educate myself more on like Black history, mm-hmm. because I've always found it extremely fascinating how people look at other people and think, "I'm better." Mm. that's always fascinated me because to me that makes absolutely no sense Mm. like literally no sense whatsoever and so i think it's an idiotic i think it's an idiotic idea to think that like people are so different when we're pretty much all Mm. the same um with different backgrounds and experiences so part of that was why I wanted to do that. And now I work there and working there has taught me a lot of things, which has been a really great experience. And it, it definitely hasn't shielded me from a lot of the things I feel like other institutions try to sweep under the rug. Mm. Mm -hmm. So like with all of this black lives matter thing, it's not like, it's not like a headline that you read about. It's like, we're having seminars about this. We're talking about this in our social justice group. We're oh, yeah. having meetings on this. We're like contacting 
are, you know, the black president of like another university or whatever, or a spokesperson. And we're going to have like a zoom meeting at this time to talk about this. Mm. And we're sending out emails to all of our faculty, staff and students that say, we hope that you're feeling safe mm. and we care about you. And this is an ongoing conversation and we're proud of you mm. for participating in protests and stuff. Yeah, mm. for sure. And so that's like a completely different narrative. <laughs> I hate to interject. It, has Belmont said anything on that? I don't think so. We oh, all went to the same college Belmont. for those of you who are listening. And it is a very whitewashed Belmont, Belmont made some strides <laughs> to did. have. I mean, it wasn't good strides. <laughs> they tried. <laughs> they did their best. Here's a crumb. It, it's, it's, always, it's always a mess when an organization doesn't claim the statement that the community is claiming yeah. uh, like or well they don't they don't use the statement that the community is claiming so like as we you know start to talk about the church too that, that's another thing like mm -hmm. belmont is a christian university yeah. um i'm actually a christian like i consider myself a christian myself like a very progressive very liberal christian um but like i'm so pissed at the way that the church will be like we need diversity instead of, hey, Black Lives Matter, full stop. You yeah. know, like, stop killing Black people, full stop. Yeah. And so I think Belmont did a very similar thing of sort of dancing around this issue and, like, the biggest thing, the most frustrating things, because I love Belmont. Like, mm -hmm. I want to see, similar to America, like, the reason I'm angry, the reason I'm frustrated, the reason that we're fighting for this change is because, like, we love this country and, and we, we want, want things this, to be better. We want mm -hmm. things to be better. Belmont, <laughs> calling you out. Core Civic, <laughs> oh, a mess. Absolute mess. Yeah. Is um, that the organization that's like in, is it, is it the it's involved prison in the organization? Prison system. Yeah. Yes. So Core Civic is a private prison system. There's a whole issue with mass incarceration and race and, and how, uh, I mean, with it's police brutality. It's like the new slavery. It is. Do y'all know the Thirteenth Amendment? Like yeah. the the it basically says only recently, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, yeah. No, because totally. we don't learn so, this sort of I mean, shit. It is basically, hey, slavery, unless you're a prisoner, isn't cool. Like <laughs> So guess what? We're gonna make a lot of people prisoners that we don't like. Yes. So we are going to I mean I have a much higher likelihood of going to prison than a lot of people I, I went to college with, you know, at right. the end of the day. And that, that's and a problem. It's, yeah. it's a huge problem. And so for Belmont to not call out, to not say we cut our ties with Core Civic, this private prison mm -hmm. um, organization that is profiting off of black bodies in prison, that's a note. Like they need to they need to cut the ties yeah, right. <laughs> to, to really make a statement. Yeah. They can say, honestly, at this point, they can say black lives matter all they want, but until they, until they, now that this action. is on the surface, like they have to cut ties and they have to change, change yeah. direction. Right. I have a feeling they're not going to though, because it all comes down to money, which is mm -hmm. what the prison industrial complex is about because yeah. like America has always profited yeah. off of i mean quite frankly black slave. labor yeah. and slave labor <laughs> and like now this is just a different form of it and like it's it's hard to gr like learn like your whole life you think 
oh, wow, America's a great country, blah, blah, blah. We're, mm. we're fed all this, like, patriotic bullshit, essentially. And then you grow up and you're like, oh, this is mm -hmm. how it works, though. <laughs> yeah. And nobody's yeah. doing this anything about it. This is why I pledge allegiance to this flag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Mm. <laughs> well, and kind of going off that, like, with what we were talking about with the 13th Amendment, mm. I feel like a lot of these thoughts directly come from religion. Yeah. Yeah. Like, straight up, no joke. For sure. And I mean, God, gold, and glory, that's what, like, yeah, the that, whole colonization like, you know, effort was about. Colonization and shit and mm -hmm. world supremacy and dominance. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so when I was doing some of my research yeah. for this episode, I dug in, like, the New York Times archives to find mm -hmm. some articles about race in the church. Mm -hmm. And basically there's this quote in this 1964 article from the New York Times. You could probably search it if you want. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually really interesting. Um, and it talks about how President Johnson implies that racial problems in the U.S. Lied out, lie outside the religious community and that the solution of the problem must come from within the religious community. Mm -hmm. And then it goes on to say, but the religious community in America has produced and sustained, sometimes, if not always, on biblical grounds, that the anti-Negro bias, which has permeated the American mind from the beginning of the nation, mm. which is 100% well. true. Because if we look at some of these Bible verses, mm. yeah. it's like, and, and I have a list. Mm. I have a list. And... and there's like websites just dedicated to this. And it's really fun to read because it's like, we we like to feel like we're so safe in our religious bubble, mm. but then it's like, we can just dig up so much dirt. Mm. <laughs> and True. so like, we have like passages like Colossians 4.1, which says, masters, treat your slaves justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master, aka God, in heaven. Mm. And Colossians then, is a New Testament too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then we have, to contrast that, sections in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5, also New Testament, that says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling and with a sincere heart, just as you would Christ. And then there's another section mm. that talks about even if your master treats you horribly, you should still respect him. Mm. And then there's also parts in the Bible that talk about um, how it's an injustice. But yeah, it's almost yeah. like, God can't decide. Mm. Yeah. It's like, like it was okay when the Jews were, you know, enslaved by the Egyptians, but now it's okay all of a sudden when it's like, I guess the heroes, quote unquote, of the story, when the, they're right. the people who are in power. It's almost like it's only wrong if it's God's chosen people. Yeah. And it's good if there's a benefit to God's chosen people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do want to ask this question mm -hmm. for you. I'm very curious about it. So how do you, I guess, contend with being a Christian mm -hmm. and also all the history that comes with that? Like just sure. general thoughts. Like how are you feeling about it? <laughs> That's a big question. Why <laughs> not are you to still put a so Christian, much pressure on you? <laughs> Christians fucking that's suck. Not, that's not what. Well, kind of. <laughs> Let's be real. Uh, no, I, I mean. Based I'm, on what I just read, Christians yeah. suck. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, okay. 
that is a big, big question. And, and one that I'm, you know, I'm grappling with myself. Like yeah. it, this, it, 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 a lot of it comes down to like, why, like, why would I still choose to sort of worship a God that is, that could condone any of this. Right. Mm. So slavery in the Bible is an interesting beast. Um, one that I probably won't dig into too terribly much. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not like, I mean, I'm not going to say that's okay. Like full stop. It's, it's not okay. Um, I think one thing that the Christian church does, um, that I just fully do not agree with is believing that the Bible is infallible, mm -hmm. um, and that it is unchanging. Um, the Bible is totally fallible. Like yeah. women can be leaders in the church. Like yeah. it is not a sin to be gay. Like <laughs> there is so many things that are so culturally relevant in the Bible. Um, honestly, like if the Bible was written today, I maybe like, let's give it like 10 <laughs> years, <laughs> but like, I fully believe Jesus could have been a woman and yeah. like, there's so much cu cultural context to say like God, the father, because like, patriarchal structure of like the times. And if we, and, you know, and, and my personal stance is like, God understood that patriarchal, patriarchal structure. Mm -hmm. um, well, also that, if we're, if we're going by that, he created it. Yeah. 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 That's fair. That's totally that. I mean, that's a fair point. I think the way that I see sort of God and, and my faith, like I do believe that people ultimately Hmm. Okay. It's a hard question. It is no, a hard it, question. It is. Um, Sorry to put so much pressure no, it's, it's on totally, you. I'm like, so genuinely curious. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and and I, I mean, I cannot, like I said, like the Bible is completely fallible. Like it was written mm -hmm. by people, and um, I mean, I personally believe, like modern Christianity, to be a good Christian is to be somebody that rips apart um, social injustice. Um, and, and if we look at sort of the person of Jesus and like to say, I, I mean, man, that's a whole thing to dig into, <laughs> like God creating patriarchy. Um, and that's something that I, I mean, I'll definitely, <laughs> like I don't have any super strong thoughts one way or the other right. on well, the issue. Right. Well, something that I wanted to ask you mm -hmm. based on what you just said about how that you believe that the Bible is fallible. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, mm -hmm. maybe yourself included, sure. um, are under the impression. I don't want to say impression. That just sounds like it's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to say that your religion is bullshit because mm -hmm. if you have conviction <laughs> in your faith. That's... And for context, me and Brenner are also like, agnostic and don't really have a like religious belief system so i used to yeah same. and now i am here yeah. used to be super christian <laughs> i don't ever consider myself being super christian yeah. um but a lot of people a lot of christians believe that mm. the bible is god breathed yeah mm -hmm. and so if that is the case mm. and you believe in an almighty all-powerful god that is your deity then it technically shouldn't be fallible correct hmm. i don't i don't think so i mean i if yeah it's a little bit of so so what you're saying is that because god is god 
and like then our there, perspective and, of God. Then therefore, God shouldn't make mistakes. Right. But it's but it's written by humans who do make mistakes. It is written by mm. humans who do make mistakes. But a lot of people make the distinction that the Bible is God breathed, and mm -hmm. some and a lot of people talk about um, like with Revelation, and I think it's mm -hmm. John. Is it John? I think who gets, it's John who gets the vision to write mm -hmm. Revelation. He basically trips acid in a cave. Right, <laughs> and a lot of people say that. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Right. That's essentially what happens, dude. John the OG tripper. I don't know why he was tripping on, but I want some it of it. It was the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. But, but that's the that's the thing. Like because yes. they say the Holy Ghost. because they say that it's God breathed yeah. and it's written by man, they're under the impression that the Holy Spirit has mm -hmm. entered that person's body to be able to write mm -hmm. God's will on mm -hmm. papyrus. Or, totally. or rock. Sure. So, so, so <laughs> I, along with that belief is, is the belief that the Bible is infallible. So like the, 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 if we, if we place that statement, like God breathed, like the word the into existence, the word into existence, like the Bible is fully divine, right. then sure. You can't disconnect it from the idea that it is. It is perfect. Infallible, and it is perfect. But the thing is, is that I, well, first of all, I don't believe that the entire Bible was God breathed. In fact, the, even the creation story, and I know that y'all talked a little bit about yeah. Adam and Eve. Um, oh, we had fun with that one. Yeah. That was so fun. <laughs> uh, episode three? Three. Yeah. yeah. Episode, episode three. three. That's coming. Yeah. Sunday. So I haven't Sunday. heard it yet. <laughs> but um, I know there are like two. There are two creation stories. There are a lot of stories in the Bible that are just like, this is not like this is this is man trying to make sense of the world that mm. they live in right now. And then we're going to call it divine. Yeah. Um, the the So part of the my belief system is like I I believe that the Bible has great stories to tell. I believe that some of them are true. I believe that some of them are stories. Mm -hmm. um, I do believe in the person of Jesus and the miracles of Jesus mm -hmm. um, from a historical perspective. But I also believe in God from uh, the sort of perspective of Abrahamic religions. So it's not mm -hmm. even just like, okay, I'm a Christian. And so like Christianity is the only way, which this get. I mean, I'm still working through this theology, like majorly. Well, we um, all are, which yeah. is why we're here. <laughs> totally, <Yeah>. totally. <laughs> um, but I know that, um, you know, Judaism and Islam as well have the same God. Like mm -hmm. it is the God of Abraham. Um, and <laughs> which... I just, I breathe in <laughs> sharply when I hear that because like, there's just so much shit in America. Just it's it's prejudice against Middle Eastern culture. Totally. And it's like that Allah cannot be the same God right. that we follow because X, right. Y, Z reason. God Basically, damn it. It's all we, the same fucking we God. It's all the same God. It's just like a continuation yeah. of the story. Yeah. Well, okay, there's, sorry. I mean, there's the, no, it's okay. Like there's, there's, and, and the, you know, the sort of Abrahamic God, mm -hmm. um, like with Judaism, with Islam and with Christianity, the, the historical context is like tr literally they are 
like the the history of the the religions as far as my understanding goes point to the same god and different prophets yeah. um which is part of the reason why i do like i believe strongly sort of in in my christianity but i don't i don't want to discount islam or judaism as also fully relevant like belief systems as well and, and so the bible to me is only a piece of the story of a much like a much deeper person trying to understand it, it's a yeah. it's a deeper like faith and religion is a deeper story than um than just a book yeah. <laughs> um right. and it's con continued conversation and i do believe god continues to speak and so when it comes to race and the church um like i don't like jesus as a teacher but also as a prophet um and also as sort of like a savior and you know i am a christian so i do believe that but you don't um, like is that what you said you don't like jesus as a no savior? i'm i'm all about jesus as a savior if Just we look at bible? him in the right context yeah um i like the bible i like Je jesus okay so mm. oh man <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little lukewarm on jesus <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. a little tepid i was no, okay that's fair what verse is that there's like a part where like you oh, can't be lukewarm. you can't be lukewarm <laughs> <laughs> I, that's fair that's fair yeah okay, so jesus was a middle eastern man yeah. who came back to completely upend the societal system mm. um in favor of those who were pushed to the margins like if you consider yourself to be a christian or to be christ-like and you do anything other than fight endlessly for social, I'm getting like worked mm -hmm. up. If you do, do anything <laughs> other than fight for like, anything other than fight endlessly for social justice in this world, for people who are at the margin, then you are literally by definition, not a Christian. You are yeah. not Christ-like. Yeah. Um, and you still, you're still convicted of that thought, hmm. even if you believe that, even if, I mean, the Bible mm -hmm. says things kind of like some of the verses that I read earlier talking sure. about like being for slavery. And and mm -hmm. this isn't just like Old Testament stuff, which I feel like is right. kind of um, the key to have a, how a lot of Christians get away with certain ideologies because mm -hmm. they're like, it's just in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Jesus yeah. went away with that. <laughs> I can't Everything tell you. Everything was yeah. gone after I the Old Testament. I can't tell you how many times I've yeah. heard that dumbass statement. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah. Well, the G Jesus, I mean, as the man, like would have believed in the Old Testament. Mm. He, well, right. He's he, building he upon had it to because he's God's son. Yeah. So I was actually writing about this at like five o'clock in the morning this morning Solid. for like different reasons that <laughs> may disclose at a different time. <laughs> um, but I was caught up on the idea of Jesus as this, you mm. know, like basically social justice leader mm. and also this person who came in and he didn't bring with him a Bible. He didn't hand out Bibles at like the local mm. Well, I don't know. Well, he also <laughs> didn't have to. He didn't have he to. He is the Bible. Is he mm. he is the word. Like that's that's a verse. He's like he is the word. But it is so funny that people who believe in Jesus and claim to believe in Jesus mm. as somebody who did not give out mm. this word directly, they 
believe him based on the fact that he is in this book that humans wrote and that was compounded by the Catholic Church like a few hundred years later mm. and they were like, that's it. I I'm, I don't even fully believe in Jesus, mm. but like the idea that, Je but I do believe in God. And like the, the idea that Jesus could come in as this person and people just accept it at a certain point. Mm. Like what if the point was not to keep the Bible where it is now, but to keep improving it, to keep improving. Mm. Like he, he came in with the, these truths, with these solid truths. Mm. And like, I think the words of Jesus are like very beautiful and like very distinct in that they don't, they, Jesus never talks about homosexuality. Jesus never talks about like slavery or any, I think, I don't know. Um, but like he comes in and he drops this truth. And for some reason, we as current Christians operating in our current religious system accept the Bible as the ultimate truth. And that just doesn't sit right with mm -hmm. me because I don't think that's who Jesus was. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, also like if you read the parts of the New Testament, like, part of the reason why Jesus has to perform miracles is because he doesn't have like the hi, I'm Jesus pamphlet. Going, or a business card. Yeah. He doesn't, <laughs> I'm the Messiah that you've been waiting yeah, for. Yeah, because none of these people. Here's my email. Yeah. None of these people believed him. And obviously so. Like if, if we had somebody coming up on the side of the road that said, hi, I'm the Messiah. Um, <laughs> like we would be like, ha bullshit. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like people totally. holding up signs on the side of the road. Right. Like the rapture is coming. And so, and so like that's part of the reason why he had to perform miracles because like obviously people needed some conviction yeah. as to why that was true mm. and i mean and the bible even talks about like magicians kind of getting in the way of that um <laughs> jesus is straight up a magician <laughs> like he's like what's this behind your David ear blood well, well see yeah. i think it's so funny because i told my mom once i was like you know like if you believe in jesus it's basically the equivalent of believing in santa claus I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I would be interested to dig into that. Yeah. But. If you if you believe in Jesus mm -hmm. Christ and mm -hmm. like believe that he's a deity, it's the it's like a same a similar theory as believing in Santa Claus mm -hmm. that you believe in this magical being that can make all your dreams come true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, so that's like part of the reason why why because I think Humans need some evidence of truth yeah. and they need to feel like it comes from God before they can readily accept it. And that's part of the reason mm -hmm. that he decides to have prophets is because it's like, that's too big of a job for God, mm -hmm. like, <laughs> which yeah. is also funny. It's like, he also yeah. needs to be able to prove that you're more likely to believe something or do something if your little friend over here is like, this is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like... You're you're more likely to think an album is good if you've gone on one of the like the like pitchfork or consequence mm. of sound or something and you mm. see, oh, this has gotten a ten out of ten. Okay. Mm. <laughs> so it's the same thing. It's like Jesus did miracles to give some to to ha allow people to believe. Credibility. Some credibility to like his magic. <laughs> <laughs> the magic of Christmas that Jesus was doing. He dealing. had some good ass Yelp reviews. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he needed some credibility to dish out his magic, which then certain people believed in and spread and became friends with other people so that they continued to believe. Mm. And so that's my whole yeah. theory around 
why the Bible. Sorry, I did not mean to like hijack this part of the conversation. Oh, no, that's fine. It's just something that I have been thinking about, and I was wondering if that was kind of like your thought process because I had never before mm-hmm. last night. I had never like really like. I had kind of done away with the idea of Jesus in my mind, mm-hmm. but it started coming back to mm-hmm. me in a way that I was more open to mm-hmm. last night. And I was wondering if that may be like some of your thought process. I think so. I mean, I think part of it too is like, I, I agree, like Jesus wasn't handing out Bibles mm-hmm. and Jesus also wasn't saying like, be a Christian. Like (laughs) we hold on to this title of Christian endlessly, but Christian wasn't used in that time. Yeah. But he was trying to recruit them to be part of members of his body of church. And it was, it was follow, (laughs) it was follow me. Um, and, and I am sort of, but that, that's part of it is like, I am upending this Mm. system, but, uh, you know, in, in ways it was like, I didn't come to abolish this, like, but also (laughs) <laughs> a lot of it was there to abolish it. So, yeah, like I, I, I totally agree. Like Jesus was not out there handing out Bibles. And I, I also think that's why we can't. Um, so I'm also in a lot of ways learning to be um, a Buddhist. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily look at Buddha and Jesus the same way. Um, but I do see Buddha as a teacher and Jesus as a prophet. Um, what is the, the distinction in your be, mind between between Buddhism and or mm-hmm, between prophecy and teaching? Sure. So, and I mean, I'm very new <laughs> to the world of Buddhism, Same. <laughs> um, so I don't want to. I don't. I there's a good chance that I'm going to say things that are out of line. Um, But ultimately, like Buddha isn't like, come worship me. Mm. Buddha is saying, this is how you live a good life. And like, this is the spiritual practice that you need to go through to reach nirvana, which is basically saying life sucks. Uh, You know, quit being ignorant and wanting stuff. And then life won't suck, <laughs> like, yeah, which right. is a super Attachment. simple. <laughs> I mean, that's part of maybe not the right way of saying it all. Mm. Um, but like Buddhism teaches these sort of very simple principles and Buddhism actually like strengthened my Christianity a lot, like my faith. And, and so the flip side of that uh, is that I do believe that Jesus is sort of the son of God, this the, the son of this God that I have seen um, through historical context of not only Christianity, but also Islam and Judaism. Um, like this God sent Jesus as an example. Um, and now, there, I mean, there's plenty to dig into there, but ultimately at the end of the day, that is like the sort of the belief that I stand on. So Buddha was somebody who experienced life um, in complete luxury and then complete poverty mm-hmm. and taught to let go of things. Jesus was in my, you know, in my context, the son of God who was sent to earth. Um, sent to earth is even a weird, that's <laughs> even, that, even that is a very strange way of talking it's like about the alien it. Yeah. <laughs> Which like in but, today's world wouldn't fly because we're against like illegal immigrants. So like well, all you Christians out there, you guys would deny Jesus. Entrance into <laughs> oh yes, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, 
Jesus did, they like went to a different city or something to do the census, right? That's like no, no, no. Story. It's because it, the reason that they, that they had to go to Mary and Joseph had to go to Bethlehem was because King Herod was killing all the baby boys because he thought that one of them would rise up against him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Mass genocide of baby boys. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What a stand-up guy. Stand-up guy. Stand-up guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that's, I mean, that's the basic distinction. Yeah. Well, me. it's also nice because when you read the story of the Buddha or um, Siddhartha, he's very much man mm. who becomes enlightened mm. because, kind of because he's man. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. Like fully. And, and allows himself to experience greater understanding, which is a result of the choices that he makes, mm-hmm. which I think is an important distinction because yeah. for God, he was for, for Jesus, mm-hmm. he's born, mm-hmm. he's born a deity. He's part mm-hmm. of God and was stripped of his title to become a human. And yet we have the, um, God, what's the word? What's the word for flip side? On the uh, alternative? Uh, The parallel. Okay, Ah. yeah. And then we have the parallel story of Siddhartha, who is born very wealthy Mm. and then leaves it all behind because he is on a quest Mm. to understand why he's unhappy Mm. and to feel fulfilled. And so he gives up everything and realizes that kind of you that you can't have one without the other mm-hmm. and to reach a point in your life where you feel complete you make the choice mm-hmm. it doesn't come from something else it comes from you right. totally. and the choices that you make which for me is more redeeming than the idea mm-hmm. of you have to make the choices but they're the choices that god wants you to make mm-hmm. because to me when i read the story of the buddha and or Siddhartha becoming the Buddha, mm. it's a very individualistic way of, so you have the choices mm. and the choices are more universal mm. as in you make the choice to give up things. Mm. But for what that looks like is different for each person because it's also individualistic at the same time, mm. which for me is more hopeful than having to fit your life and your choices into what a predestined mm. God would like you to do as For in sure. with the case of Jesus and the Christ God. Yeah. Yeah, mm. totally. I have a lot of thoughts. But I would love to, you know, come back on the show Hell and talk yeah. about come back. <laughs> talk, uh, from, uh, from the Christian perspective, I guess of, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but going back to like race in the church. Yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> I feel like there's a there's I a seedling like we, of we another conversation. So far away from that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like. It's good though. Yeah. It's good conversation. Yeah. No, no. This is a, this is a good time. I mean, at least we're sticking to the topic of religion. Yeah. <laughs> is that a film? <laughs> it was film it all eventually race, ties together. Yeah. It does. So, what is your since part of the reason that you said that you have kind of taken from you know the Buddhist perspective mm. is because that you don't you don't like to I guess 
jumble yourself up with, I guess, like the white washed Christianity, which I think totally. is pretty much all of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, yeah. because like I mentioned earlier, we have sections in the Bible that has, you know, God almost kind of mm-hmm. the way that it's written, whether you believe that it's God breathed or not. Mm. And if you do, it's almost as though either God or man goes back and forth with, is this, is this all right? Mm. <laughs> um, which obviously it's not. And I think also like the important thing is to consider, you know, the times, mm-hmm. which a lot of people, especially now, think that the times shouldn't matter, but that we should have always had our principles, which mm-hmm. I agree with. Mm-hmm. So um, given that you've kind of given up that whitewashed Christianity, is do you think that that's why you've been drawn to the Buddhist perspective? Mm. So there's, there's a lot of reasons. Um, one is because, number one, I'm an Enneagram freak. Uh, so <laughs> I am a person that, like, I'm. if you know the Enneagram, I'm a three. Um, I'm very type A. I'm very, like, American exceptionalism. Like, I have to do everything right. The, like, I, I'm a perfectionist in a lot of ways. Um, and so the Buddhist perspective was me learning to, like, let go right. of that desire. So... I wouldn't necessarily say that I sought out the Buddhist perspective because of whitewashed Christianity, though I was searching for truth as a result of it, Mm -hmm. because I grew up in this church that told me, you know, X, Y, Z about these types of people, or I saw the way that they responded to uh, Black Lives Matter, or I saw the way they responded to... um, the legalization of gay marriage. Um, I saw the way they responded to these these issues that are extremely like near and dear to my heart, and I was furious. Right. The Buddhist perspective came in sort of separately, but in some ways, yeah, like okay. they're a little connected. So then, my question to then that I think that I'm mm-hmm. getting at is: Is it difficult to consider yourself a Christian mm-hmm. with the whitewashed background? Mm-hmm. The lack of gay rights, the mm. lack of feminist power, the mm. um, patriarchal aspect, all of that. Do you mm. feel like you have to subscribe to both? Mm. Or I guess, how do you... We've already discussed that you believe that the Bible is fallible. Yeah. So... How can I be... What is your principle? Politically liberal. <laughs> yeah, I guess that that's part of... like. Yeah. What is your principle for determining which aspects of the Bible or just Christianity in general mm. that you subscribe to? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm still learning that, uh, honestly. Uh, as far as race and the um, the church goes, you know, we do see the whitewashed Christianity. Um, but I have sang, you know, as a as a singer, I sang all through high school, middle school, um, like. I've seen the power behind uh, spirituals, uh, like Negro spirituals that were sung um, during slave times. And like, there's there's so much power behind that story. So I don't pull the roots of my Christianity from the church or from like the sort of white privileged version of Christianity. I pull it from the marginalized group that still was crying out. so that's kind of the first thing with race, I think. Um, at least that that is a perspective for me. Right. Um, and do you still do you still feel 
that way, even if those marginalized people of color mm -hmm. that ended up singing those spirituals mm -hmm. got that because of oppression. What do you mean? Like they started singing spirituals because they were oppressed. They were brought over. They were brought over. They were taught Christianity. Totally. Um, you know, slave Bibles. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But the, the lack of different passages in Christianity kind mm -hmm. of... I mean, because obviously these these native people of Africa mm -hmm. have you know their indigenous religions definitely, and then they're come they they're enslaved, they come over, and mm -hmm. they're kind of with what we did with the Native Americans. They're forced to um, integrate mm -hmm. into or they're basically assimilate. yeah assimilate. Adopt. That's the word. Right. Yeah. Assimilate into our culture mm -hmm. for what they think is right. So if I'm just trying to understand yeah. further, like what you're saying. So if you are saying that you step away from that, the quote unquote whitewashed Christianity mm -hmm. that a lot of people subscribe to now mm -hmm. and go more for that marginalized group of slaves, ex-slaves that mm -hmm. believed in Christianity, mm -hmm. yet they and their ancestors that were enslaved got that from mm -hmm. the people that enslaved them. Sure. So... So I think the important thing to remember here is that the root of Christianity did not come from the white church. Right. Um, the root of Christianity came from Middle East, uh, a Palestinian man. Right. Um, and and Judaism mm -hmm. and Jewish people who are also a marginalized community. So um, for me, what that means is that like I'm not going to deny that a large portion of African-American and like, uh, you know, uh, African American Christianity today was a result of oppression. Like it was, um, again, I say this a lot, full stop. It was that being said, there is, you know, I do believe in the truths of Christianity as well as Islam, as well as Judaism, even though I call myself a Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, so a lot of Africa is also uh, Muslim, mm -hmm. and and um, there is also Judaism that is not quite. At, I mean, well, yeah, like <laughs> Jewish as well. Um, so yes, there are indigenous religions, and I think there is something to to that, and something to be explored, like plenty to be explored there. But you know, I do believe sort of these Abrahamic religions as uh, truth, mm -hmm. and so. Um, that truth doesn't come from white Christianity. White Christianity is what muddied the, like mm. completely muddied it. Right. Um, so you're basically saying, let's just forget that bit and go back to the root of it. I don't think it, I don't even think it's, it, it's forgetting that bit. Like none of, obviously like it? everything is happening. Yeah. It, it's, it's an important recognition to make. But um, not subscribing to that in your beliefs. Yeah. That's mm. a, that's a fair way of putting it okay. for sure. Yeah. Not to say that it's not super problematic, just that I, I believe there's more. Right. I believe there is more for, for our future. Right. And, and I think that that's great that you recognize that because I think that, I think that just, you know, Christianity in general has mm -hmm. been completely whitewashed. Totally. You know? Yeah. And which was kind of why I mentioned that if we're trying to step away mm -hmm. from that as mm -hmm. a black man and going kind of more you know, with mm -hmm. what some of those ex-slaves believed in. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's whitewashed too, because that's where they totally, got it. Totally. So like saying that, I think that's a great distinction to make to say that we're stepping away 
from that mm-hmm. and going to Christianity's truer form mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. being exactly what you yeah. said earlier, the way that Christ would want us to be. For sure. I'm a hyper advocate of the, like the removal and, in- of the image of white Jesus, like mm-hmm. the white European Jesus that is portrayed in Christianity is. That's a wrong. lie to make white people feel better. Uh, yeah. It's white, <laughs> I mean, it's white supremacy, white yeah. savior is a, like, it's, it's disgusting and it's wrong. And, right. and so like, yes, there is this entire side of Christianity that is just incorrect. Um, but there is the side of Christianity that is like Jesus saying, come follow me as a dark skinned Palestinian man. Mm. And then our call to follow him is more. Right. um, Yeah. And I think that also goes back to what you were saying about how like Jesus wasn't walking around carrying Bibles. Mm -hmm. It just, his truth was, it didn't come from. Yeah. And people wrote it down. Right. It, it was a true form of what Christ would want. (laughs) It was not, plagiarized as a secondary source. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jesus was the primary source here. (laughs) I would like to shift the conversation, if I may, and talk about Christianity. We've talked a lot about the history Mm. of, you know, um, Christianity and especially like black people's place within it and all of the issues of race that come with, Mm. again, like the whitewashed Christianity and everything and um, how you go to the root of that. So with this root of Christianity in mind, and I, I, I say this knowing how you feel about this, Fair but um, yeah. I would like to just start the conversation <laughs> for the sake of the listeners. Totally. Um, I would like to know where you stand on the Black Lives Matter movement and sure. where that sits. Like, do you find a place for that within Christianity and um, with knowing who Jesus is and stood for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think it comes back to my earlier statement. If you are not advocating endlessly for social justice, mm-hmm. then you are not being Christ-like. A hundred percent agree it, with you. You know, at the at the the root level of it, and Black Lives Matter is social justice. Um, it is about making sure that people of color aren't dying in the streets. It's about making sure that people of color are um, equally represented in leadership. It's about making sure that you know to to sort of make it like very personal. Like my niece and nephew have the same opportunity as mm. a white boy. they're the same age right um and right now they do not and um so the church's role in that in my opinion is to fully stand up and say number one white christianity as we've been talking about to say we've been wrong jesus is not white not only is Jesus not white, but that has been a symbol of white supremacy and white saviorism. The church's role is to not say like, we need to make our churches more diverse. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let's go out into our community and help all these poor black people. Jesus like, Christ. <laughs> like, that's what they're saying. At yeah. the end of the day, that's what they're saying. Yeah, right. um, their role is to like, the church's role is to number one, get behind black people, not to lead them, mm. not to say like, we're... Like we're the ones leading this charge. It's like, we're listening to people of color. We're listening to your voices. We're listening um, so we can then respond, not lead. But it's also 
the actual actionable steps. Like it's not enough to say, oh, we need to pray for this. It is not enough to say like people need to be more like Jesus. It is not enough to say like it love is the answer. Everybody should love, <laughs> you know, if God was if God was in everyone's hearts, everything would be okay. Like, no. Yeah. The church's role is the same as everybody else's role, and that's to get out. To, to protest on the streets. It's yeah, to right. uh, call Congress that, you know, and, and leadership. Uh, that's to step down from positions of power if they've, if they've traditionally been sort of positions that come from privilege. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, right. it's sure, like inviting people into your congregation. Like that's like the, the bare minimum that you can do. And it's insulting. To say like, we're going to go to this black church, you know, this black Baptist church and invite them all to come to one of our services. Like, what are you doing? Wait, people actually <laughs> fucking do that? Yeah, yeah, what absolutely. The uh, they, like, uh, it's like the people that um, do mission trips. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, ugh, you want to bring them God, but you don't want to bring them any justice. Mm. Right. Which justice comes from God. Mm-hmm. That's what you believe. Jesus stands yeah, for. Totally. Yes. It's yeah. the whole idea of I am justice. I am the beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. I am everything. And I am going to stomp that out mm-hmm. with yeah. my heel and abolish that completely. And so it is a smack in the face mm-hmm. yeah. to have these privileged people that know God, know their God or in their words, right. know God. Right. And then just say, I'm just going to give you this. Yeah. yeah. It's white saviorism. I, yeah. I mean, and it's fully ridiculous. Yeah. Like people need to be advocating to defund police. Like people need to be, the church can be so tentative to say something difficult mm-hmm. because it does come down to money. Like a lot of white congregation does not, you know, vibe with that. Right. Yeah. Um, and so they lose congregants, which ends up losing money. So churches are like dancing around these hard issues. Jesus uh, never stood for money, though. Right. Like, totally. Yeah. Totally. And, and, and it ultimately it comes down to the church. And when I say the church, I do, you know, I mean, American Christianity mm-hmm. standing up and saying, like, we are going to advocate, and, and, you know, this specifically, like, I mean, there's nuance there, right? Like white people advocating versus black people advocating look different, but ultimately like we need to advocate to change America. <laughs> like, yeah. 100%. To, and that's patriotism. Yeah. It's not, it's not like, I feel like a lot of people are viewing some of this movement as, you know, like people who are like destroying small businesses and they're doing this and this, but it's like at the end of the day, like, people are fighting for justice and people are demanding justice because they want their country to be better. Mm. They, they, it's not, we can't, like the whole make America great again thing is just so horseshit because it doesn't apply. It it only applies to white Americans really and truly. It really does. And like, just, it's the difference between, I saw somebody post something on the 4th of July about um, the difference between, I think it was, was it nationalism and patriotism? Because a lot of mm. people believe in this nationalistic belief that's like, 
oh, America's the greatest country in the world and we're so hot mm -hmm. shit and blah, blah, like for really no reason. Mm -hmm. But patriotism is recognizing I was born an American. I was born with like in my home mm -hmm. with surrounded by people that I love and care about from like every different background and I'm going to stand up for them no matter what. Mm. And I'm going to listen to them and actually like let their voices be heard. Totally. Right. Well, I think that it's a hundred percent imperative that the church supports these ideas because as much as people don't like to believe that we have a separation of church and state, mm. we don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that we would all like to live in our fairyland and say that, oh no, we 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 definitely have all freedoms, and <laughs> and and that's not the case because white Christianity has taken over our government. It's what it was founded upon. Mm -hmm. Well, and and, and uh, well, not, not most of the founding fathers were deists, I believe. Yeah, I think I, I believe that you're correct, but you know we, you know during like the Red Scare and stuff, yeah. that was like. That's when it Back. It came back to turn the U.S. Sense. into like a god, god-fearing country. Everybody was scared. They needed something to hold on to. Right, and that's a great reason for incorporating religion. I don't think it should be incorporated at any level, but it's just well, I don't opinion. either. Um, <laughs> it's a great, it's a great reason for believing. It is a great reason for believing. That um, is true. But what I was going to say. <laughs> um, where I was going to take that was because our country is that way yeah. and that we use so many of our own beliefs that are somewhat based or, you know, if they're not, we like to project that onto other people and, you know, project that can look like laws, you know, with like abortion bills and stuff like just because you think that it's a sin and, and things, that's not a good enough reason to subject somebody else to that. Mm -hmm. Especially, like, if they believe completely differently. Mm -hmm. um, and so it is 100% imperative that the church stand up for that because that yeah. is basically where our country is. Yeah. It's based around this idea of the church and our, its moral values come mm. from that. They're it's like how it's how like a lot of churchgoers believe that people that are atheists or yeah. agnostics or just don't believe that they don't have any morals. <laughs> and that is a hundred percent the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> God Think before you speak, please. But it is it is a good distinction to make, though, that if the church does stand up for this issue, that it can then, like, also... I mean, it's just the truth of American politics. It can that, affect like, a lot of things. It can, it can affect a lot of things. Which is why it is imperative so that they speak up on this issue mm -hmm. and do something, especially if they're claiming to be Christ-like. Yeah. Because their silence continues to affect the rest of the country and the laws that we make and the values that people have, whether they're religious or not. Mm -hmm. And so, and I have this quote that I got from this Cincinnati Enquirer uh, article that I looked up. It's a 2018 article, and it's talking about this subject of why it's so important that the church makes stands on racial injustice. Mm -hmm. And... MLK said this like in a speech. He said, the Christian church has been an accomplish, accomplice in structuring racism into the architecture of American society. Yep. And yeah. 
And it's 100% true because when you think about segregation and where that came from, that didn't come from just like regular old Joe Blow on the street. That came from the church. Mm. You know, we have examples of as early as, you know, the 1600s of churches being segregated and things of that nature because black people or people of color were looked as less than. Mm. And Mm. that has continued into today, which is why it is more important than ever Mm. because we have a country that believes that its morals come from a God-fearing society, Mm. that they make a stand on that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's my thought on that. Yeah. That was a lot. (laughs) Yeah. The church has... A lot of work. I mean, it, to me, yeah. it's it's very similar to America. Like, number one, fuck America for what America has done to people. Yeah. <laughs> like, quite frankly, that's that's like a statement. That's yeah. it. Especially um, under the guise of being free. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and spreading liberating. spreading mm-hmm. democracy to the people who need it. And yeah. That's that's another thing. We're not gonna talk about it because I'm gonna. I think other places are doing just fine. Yeah, yeah. not not all places, for sure. But yeah, and and similarly, like fuck Christianity for what Christianity has done to people. Mm. Um, But I claim both of those things. Yeah, and so to me, the story from here is to make an America and a church that doesn't hurt people. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> anymore like at Which the end of the day seems like such a basic <laughs> such basic. a basic yeah, like thing the, to say but like it needs ki- to be said for whatever yeah. fucking yeah, that's reason like, that's like the kindergarten of yeah. like <laughs> you shouldn't go should take be. somebody else's toys you yeah. shouldn't kick them yeah you shouldn't throw out a rock just because <sighs> you're bigger than the other person doesn't mean that you should like kick them or something yeah. like just because ugh, whatever yeah yeah ah. it's just and you think about it, like you see those pictures of um, Ruby Bridges and um, other people when schools were integrating in mm. the South. Mm. And you see those pictures of a whole bunch of white people like, spitting on them. and Those mm. people are still alive. And a lot of those people are those people. And they're people's... voting. Uh, yes. <laughs> but a lot of those people are those Christians sitting in the pew next to you. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or mm. are in Catholic church at your mass. Or and and not used to be still are there, yeah. mm-hmm. and just a little bit less loud about it, and vote and hopefully feel regret. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I hope and I'm not a praying person because I don't really believe in God, mm. um, but I pray for you because <laughs> um, to whatever deity I feel like at the time of day, um, which does Shiva, change. Goddess's destruction, <laughs> and also your cat. <laughs> and and i think that that's also part of the reason why there's not a lot of black people in white churches Mm. yep um and that's also a historic thing because they weren't allowed to be in the church so they had Mm. to make their own but yeah so those people spitting on ruby and a whole bunch of other people that were just trying to go to school and get equal opportunities and do things and make big strides in the world yeah, that might have been your your grandpa. That might have been your parents when they were little. That yeah. that mm-hmm. might be the sweet couple that you sit next to in church. That might be the old man that you talk to at the coffee shop. That mm. 
might be your family. I don't know. But it's more important than ever that we have these conversations because we have to realize where where that sense of control comes from Mm -hmm. and who's making the strides for the world that we live in. Yeah. And the world we want to live in. Because all we can do now, like you were talking about before, is like, we can't change the past. We can't change the shitty things that have happened because of Christianity. We can't change the shitty things that have happened because of America. And, you know, the two of those things combined. But we can choose what we do today and tomorrow and the next day. And that's all we have. And I think having these conversations probably with, you know, our racist grandpa <laughs> and for, well, I'm not gonna say that, um, but like with the older generation and the people, like just having honest conversations and loving conversations in a way that like, what am I trying to get at here? There's this, there's a duality of love that I feel like a lot of times Christian Americans miss. And I believe it is the love that Jesus stood for, because as much as he was, you know, this, you know, loving, he healed the sick, he performed all these miracles, mm-hmm. he did all these great things. He also turned over tables in the temple. He also broke the law. He was killed because he broke the law. And for people to say, oh, well, like people need to protest in this way and people need to do it mm-hmm. this way or this way because th- that just makes them comfortable. Yeah. That means we're not going to we're, we're not going to change anything if we keep doing that. Right. Yeah, like there's Jesus was 100 percent radical. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's this the 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 whole notion to me, like. I don't know, people, people will talk white people specifically will talk a lot about Martin Luther King. Uh, you know, I like that you which, pulled that quote. Yeah. Yeah. The, quote. yeah. Which I mean, obviously MLK was an amazing human being. Of course. Like at the end of the day, but also Malcolm X yeah. <laughs> at, the, uh, at the same time for the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Like and, there, yeah. there's something to be said about righteous anger yeah. um, and righteous anger being love so I, 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 uh, there's a video that was going around is, is pretty, uh, I don't know if it ever got like super viral. Um, but it, it was, uh, I can't remember her name, but a woman talking about slavery in context of a monopoly board. Um, and she, yeah. have you seen it? Mm-hmm. So she was basically talking about like, uh, you know, this, you know, one player essentially starts the game and makes a couple rounds and then they force this other player to come into the game, don't give them anything, and then they take them along a couple rounds, and as these other players are making money, they're being forced to give it to the other play- like the the white player, <laughs> really, mm-hmm. when it comes down to. So I mean, it, it goes through this whole con- like whole whole thing of like why, why to your to your earlier point, like why you know, why don't you just pick yourself up? Or like, why, you know, there's a whole issue of these on this monopoly board, uh, the wealth that was being built by the black player, essentially being destroyed over and over and over again. And, and at the end of, at the end of the video, which is where I'm trying to get, she says, it, 
like, thank God that black people want equality and mm. not revenge. Yeah. Um, because I think revenge is fully justified. And that, that is mm -hmm. a statement. Absolutely. <laughs> like, if, if, if that, like, I feel like every white person should be like, oh, shit. What if it was revenge? Like, what yeah. does that mean for white America, for black America to say, like, we're going to do the same shit to you? Yeah. Uh, and then you'll feel pretty bad. And like that, that level of righteous anger is totally justified. Um, it, it's these wrongs have been committed and can are continued, have continued to be committed up until the present day, like anger and I don't want to say violence, but like anger and, and sort of power, like black power and, and, and white people often want not, yeah, but specifically in the conversations about race, uh, you know, white people often want black people to sit down and be silent in in protesting. And we've seen that over and over with Colin Kaepernick, with, uh, you know, with rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. And with like there are so many public figures that have said, hey, there's a problem. And then white people have said, hey, I don't you're like being the way you're doing loud. that. Yeah, like, yeah. Do it different. Like literally you're uh, just taking a knee for sure exactly and uh, which but, is exact and then they'll they'll come at protests and be like why don't you just why don't you yeah. just sit down somewhere yeah for sure <laughs> and then you know there's and then, and then there's the flip side of it which is like protesters like and this doesn't happen a whole lot but like let's say protesters burn a flag <laughs> like it's a fucking flag like it probably came from walmart for sure but there's power and there's energy behind it. It was probably made in China. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but there's power and energy behind that, that anger that is fully justified to say, like, we are not taking this anymore. Yeah. And that's that, like, sort of dichotomy of, of love and anger that needs to be met. Mm -hmm. um, and we need to accept anger just as much as we accept love. Yes. Um, as a viable means to change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Jesus was angry. Anger is, anger is important. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, wanna... God is vengeful. Yeah. God is super sure. vengeful. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> you know? And Noah's so, Ark. If, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Episode two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, Brian. Um, <laughs> He's turning down the I volume. Think I just, uh, <laughs> Blew out his eardrums oh, there. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, 100%. Um, yep. Full yeah. stop. Yeah. Like I said, it's just, Full stop. it's so imperative that the church speaks out yeah. because that's where a lot of these people grab their morals and Absolutely. morals are what end up becoming laws. Oof. Definitely. Um, so think about, think about that transition a little bit, grab your coffee and just dunk that in there. Um, yeah. All right. How, I feel like we're pretty far along. <laughs> Thank, 45. Wow. Gosh. Yeah. Well, we've had a great conversation. I don't want to take up any more of your time. Um, yeah, can, can I just awesome. say that I've really enjoyed talking yes. to you about this and Same. I hope that, you know, you felt like you could really give your piece here. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I appreciate these conversations just massively. Thank you for 
letting me be on the show. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, Thank I'm you for volunteering to be on the show. This yeah, yes. is awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> really. Is there anything else that you'd like to share or say or impart? Sure. Yeah. Uh, advice for the people. <laughs> <laughs> advice for the people. I think I just want to recap, like, for the church and for everybody outside of the church to, uh, like, like mm. this is not. is not a moment that should pass. Um, and that means <laughs> arresting the officers that killed Brianna Taylor. Number one has not happened. One has been fired. Um, that's not, uh, that's not good enough. <laughs> not even Police need to be to held enough. to the same justice for their actions as normal citizens. And that's Definitely. why they've been able to get away with so much shit over the years and it's been hidden. Yeah. And may yeah. I just be so bold to say, I mean, not even just the cops that killed Breonna Taylor, but so many others. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. All of them. Every single last fucking one. Yeah. Yeah. So part two, uh, advocate for defunding police. That doesn't mean we're just getting rid of police in it the world. It doesn't mean anarchy. <laughs> it really doesn't. It means like putting people who are in in better positions to support like issue, you know, challenges with mental health or, or mm -hmm. like police have a much smaller role than we give them. Yeah. Um, and then that also means not voting for Donald Trump. Like do not vote for that man. Vote. I don't, I don't want to give a, like, this is who you should vote for, but Someone vote else. for the party that is going to <laughs> vote for the person that is going to beat Donald Trump, <laughs> whatever yeah. that means. And then, yeah, I mean, I guess honestly that that's about it. Like this battle is not over. We're going to continue to fight it. And it, it takes everybody advocating for social justice to, to make a difference. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have anything to plug? <laughs> yeah, yeah do you have like your Instagram, your Snapchat? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're working yeah. on an app, right? Are you allowed to talk I'm, about that? I can talk about the app. <gasps> yeah. I mean, it's it's in development. Um, I'll plug my Instagram though. Hell yeah, do <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, Jdub124. I make cooking videos. Hell yes, uh, he well, does. I'm starting to make cooking They're videos. They're so good. They really are. It's almost like you know, like the Swedish chef from like the Muppets. <laughs> it's yes. kind of like yeah. it's kind of like that amount of enjoyability <laughs> to like watch heck yeah that's him but like you can actually eat the food it's not just like felt it's not muppet food it's not felt so, with like some cardboard <laughs> so i'll be sharing recipes on there as well and just you know living my life but uh similar yes i'm i'm working with a team of developers to create an app that helps other people cook as well we are a Specifically, this is, I think, important to mention. We are a minority, all minority team. So there are two, there's one black woman, myself, uh, one white woman, and then, nope, two black women, one white man <laughs> on the team. <laughs> so, Solid. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're very proud of the team that is building this, um, but we are helping people. Uh, reduce food waste as they cook by um, just making it more easy, efficient, and fun to cook. Uh, so follow me on Instagram for the name of that app. We'll be launching the beta in early January. 
Um, Say your handle again. J-Dub, J-D-U-B-B-124. Hell yeah. It's, it's I'm looking forward to that. Same. Because <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I'm sure, as we all know, cooking for one is difficult. It's especially so difficult. trying to be less wasteful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can all get an amen for that in yeah. the amen. name of religion. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give that an amen, too. <laughs> hell yeah. Um, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited for that. I'm going to be downloading that like literally as soon as it comes yeah. out. Yeah. It's going to be good. It's yeah. going to be good. You want to like be a sponsor? Oh my god! Sure, yeah. Let's let we, we can yeah we can talk. We about chat. That. We can have a chummy <laughs> chat. chat. After pod chat. <laughs> Ew! I did not like the way that sounded. <laughs> After pod <laughs> chat. Well, yeah. Jordan, thank you yes. so so much thank for you. having this open conversation with us. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys have any questions or ideas for future podcasts, or if you would like us to cover certain topics, rate, comment, review. Oh, yes. Please write us a review if you enjoy listening to us blabber on and on uh-huh. for, I think, like an hour and 40 minutes. Thank <laughs> God you're still here. Uh-huh. Um, we want to know what we can be doing better for you um, and yeah. for, you know, the people that we have on the show and really everybody. Yeah. So send us an email at religionmademedoit at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we can have a a good old chummy time. Thank you so much for listening. Yes. Hope thank you, you a- Jordan, again. Yes. Like, 10 out of 10. Cannot thank you enough. We really enjoy doing these interview podcasts. They're so fun. Um, I think that they inspire a lot of good talk and new perspectives that aren't just me and Reco with our <laughs> flashlights under our sheets. Uh, <laughs> just yelling about things at each other. Yeah, I mean, uh, episode, episode three will be coming out, like, in a couple days. Yeah. Um, and, Very excited. Uh, uh, oh man, do I stand on my soapbox for that? <laughs> God, um, I needed a Werther's original after that because my throat hurt. Um, what, like a caramel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Werther's original sponsor us. <laughs> Why not like a cough drop? Ricolas were a little expensive right now. <laughs> Ricola sponsors. I like those, I like those Ludens ones that are literally candy. God, yeah. My dad likes those. And you know why? Because they're literally just sugar. Um, but yeah, so send us an email. Um, yeah. Tune in on Sundays at 6 p.m. Central. Sick. It'll be there. Uh, available on Spotify. Apple Podcasts. Wherever you Google get your podcasts. Is yeah. it on YouTube? No. We don't oh. have video, Reco. Yeah, we don't have video. You don't have to have video to put on YouTube. Well, then we just need to get like a really like lame ass photo of us. So well, we, we can... have we have the logo. That's true. <laughs> okay, we'll think about it. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Well, thank you all. Thank you, Jordan, again. Yes, thank um, you. Yeah, we'll see you guys on Sunday. So. Woo. Bye. 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 <laughs>